A blonde and a brunette walk into a bar, I mean a room, to talk about Jesus, exploring God's word, tackling topics no one likes talking about, discussing biblical truths and dodging bad theology on the way. This is Her Theology. Hello and welcome to another episode here with Her Theology. My name is Cass. Hi ladies, this is Kirst. And we are excited for you to be with us um, and to listen to this very special episode today. Mm. Um, So for those of you that have been on this journey with us for a little while, family, friends, but also those of you that we don't know personally, uh, we come today with a heavy heart but also a happy heart. Just a mixture of feelings. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the emotions. But before we get stuck into all things Her Theology... What's something new you've learnt, Kirst? Okay, so I was on the phone with a friend the other day and he was telling me about how his son, he had to pick up his son from daycare because his son smashed one of his teeth. Anyway, basically they went to the dentist. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. Went to the dentist and they said, you know, have to remove the tooth or whatever. And I'm thinking, this kid's four years old. And I just said to him, he's like going to look. But isn't that still baby teeth? So... But then I was like, yeah, but when do baby teeth fall out? Like when you're six or seven or something? So I was like, so he's just going to have like no tooth until he's like seven. Or the front tooth? Yeah. And you know what? Do you know what? This is the thing. Once you lose one of your baby teeth, it signals the mouth signalings oh. and it sends down the, the, the next tooth. So it doesn't matter if you lose it at four. Yeah. Oh, wow. So if... Anything That's ever happen? Unfortunate because he's going to have one really big tooth and all the little oh, teeth. Yeah, I didn't think of it like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than no tooth. No, no, no true, true, I'm true. not compl- like true. sorry, sorry if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> not. you are listening because that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I meant your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, anyway, that's my thing that I learnt. That's. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's not amazing. Know that. Yeah. It's amazing, but I didn't think about the big tooth <laughs> or little teeth factor. Yeah. What did you That's learn? That's cool. Um, well, my son and I have just mm. found StoryBots. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend. Bit of fun. Mm. And That's on Netflix, right? Yeah. 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 It's actually really funny. Okay. Well, I think it is anyway. Yeah. It's got good like adult parent jokes in it. Um, it's just like exploring different questions about stuff. Mm. And, well, I learned a lot about <laughs> how planets are formed and stuff and I was watching it and I was like, that's really interesting. And then I was like, wait, this is like Big Bang. I was like, oh, wait, no, okay, I don't need to <laughs> learn this. Unlearn, unlearn, unlearn. Yeah, I was like, oh, oh, crap, I really took a lot of that in then. <laughs> but what I did learn is that there's over 62,000 um, mammals Animal, like, and then then they, then they estimate there's over a million types of animal. Hmm. I thought there was only I like th- seven mammals or something. <laughs> 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 or is that just in Australia? Or am I just like well, way off right now? They, so the way they do it by calculating animals is that they separate them into two groups: so vertebrae and invertebrae. So if you have a backbone and if you don't have a backbone, mm-hmm. and then within the backbone family is like mammals, fish, reptile, bird. Amphibians. Mm-hmm. And so within them, there's like 60, oh, just over 62,000 
types of animals within those groups. And then outside of that, so you've got to think over a million animals, the rest are all bone backboneless animals. That is weird. Like insects it, and bugs and yeah, whatever else. Yeah, yeah. And crabs and yeah. stuff. Cool, hey. Weird to not have a backbone, but yeah, yeah. I know. It's so <laughs> funny. Anyway, I just you that's my really interest. learned a lot. You were like just giving me the numbers off your hands. Wow, you took that in. Excellent. Yeah, Scorybots is doing a good job because I've always found a fascination with the Libra pads. You know, like interesting facts. So mm-hmm. Storybots is just a show with interesting Libra facts. Pads. The entire yeah, yeah, it's pretty much a Libra pad show, but really funny without the Libra. Pads. And they've always got someone famous like hosting it, like mm. the like the person with all. The, anyway, whatever. If you're a parent, it's just good to watch. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that was great. Yeah. So, Kirst, you have some sad news for us. I do. Yes. So, I mean, as you've all been listening and hearing, you've heard that I have been a bit, literally a bit absent on the podcast lately. And one of the reasons for this was because I was on holidays for a while, but there was another reason and that was because life got pretty overwhelming for the last little while and I think a lot of you out there can resonate with how much of a wild year 2021 has been. And 2020. Well, yeah, true. It's been it's been a wild time. Yeah. Um, and I think for many of you out there, um, you know, well, sorry, for me – Things got a bit wild when Bronte came on board because she was, she kind of got sick a little bit um, mm. and she was dropping in weight rather than putting on. And to me, the scales of my life kind of started tipping at that point. She's totally fine now. Um, but that pretty was kind stressful, of, though. it was pretty stressful. stressful it was a stressful period. And that was kind of the beginning of the new normal as a family of five, um, And then, of course, throw a pandemic with restrictions and lockdowns on top of that. And I know that I'm not the only one who's been completely overwhelmed in that situation. But maybe the last six months or so has been pretty intense. And God's really been opening up some doors to show me, I guess, my sin and my lack of trust in him in that season, particularly around pride. So, for example, Bronte had an earache when she was maybe 12-ish weeks old. Um, so I went to the doctors who picked up on kind of a wheeziness that she had in her chest. She was a pretty noisy little breather. Um, and so we went to the pediatrician after that. By the time we got into the pediatrician, she was about four and a half months old. And one of the first things the pediatrician did was put her on the scales. And at that point she weighed 4.5 kilos. So 4.5 kilos at 4.5 months but she was also born at 3.2 kilos. So she'd only put on 1.3 that whole time. And so she'd gone from a healthy average size baby down to third percentile. Anyway, so something was obviously wrong. I remember I literally like physically my jaw dropped. I was like, no, that's got to be wrong. Like, That's not right. But where are you again? Yeah, I was just like, what are you saying? Like I I was like, I know she looks skinny, but like (laughs) she's not that small. Um. Anyway, so after we did some tests and things, we worked out amazingly that she all she had was a protracted bronchitis, which just means that it's a bronchitis that doesn't have any other symptoms. So it's which just is kind crazy. of crazy. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. She also that earache that she had, she also didn't have any other symptoms for that. Yeah, In fact, the doctor even said to me, "It doesn't even look. It doesn't look like an earache, but I'll get a swab and I'll test." And she came back with an earache, and I was like, "I am amazing!" Because <laughs> so it's like she's a real tough instinct. cookie. 
Yeah. I'm like, what? I hope this isn't a pattern that we're just not going to know when anything's wrong. But anyway, well, obviously I did because, I don't know, mother's instinct. Um, anyway, so antibiotics fixed the bronchitis, which was amazing. Um, but that day was the day that the paediatrician suggested, so that first 4.5 kilo day was when the paediatrician suggested formula was probably something to go ahead with. And up to that point, I had been a huge advocate of breastfeeding, totally happy for when others use formula, but never thought of using it for my own kids, which basically, you know, I was just really proud um, in all of that. Um, But when I saw Bronte on that scale, when she weighed 4.5 kilos, I was just like, I've got to give my baby formula. Like, I was just like, we can't, something is wrong and she needs she needs more than she's she's getting um and so started the formula and Bronte took to it amazingly and honestly she just like came alive she was just really hungry and really dehydrated and um she just has gone from strength to strength but I kind of looked back and put everything together and I think what was going on was that she had a really sensitive gag reflex, which basically meant she wasn't stimulating the milk production enough. And so eventually my milk was just drying up really slowly over that whole time. Um, but by the time that we got to the five point to the pediatrician, I tried to get that milk back. Like I was doing everything like protein powder that had like, like actual protein powder that had like boob milk stimulation yeah, wow. stuff in it. Like the herbal stuff, I was pumping. I had like the Pinky McKay professional booby bickies. And even like a month and a half later, I was still only getting five mils from pumping. That oh, was wow. quite deflating, yeah. I must say. Um, Damage was done by that. Yeah, it, I just could not get it back. Yeah. And so she started biting me around that time when I tried to feed her. And, and, um, and we had one <laughs> really nice last feed where I like really shoved the boob in there and I was like and she didn't bite me when I really shoved it in so I was like okay and that, that kind of just happened once and I was like you know what leave the it on other the high two, note the other two bit me on the last yeah. time and I was like we're not I'm just gonna let it go and I'm really glad I did that um, a good last memory it was a good last breastfeed and um and then after that breastfeeding was off the table and so it was just it was this massive relief to see Bronte put on so much weight so fast and you know like we're talking like she didn't poo for like two and a half weeks, two yeah. weeks, like during this kind of like underweight yep. stage. Um, but then she, you know, pooing, weeing, moving, all the things. And so suddenly she had enough energy. And so that was just this huge learning curve for me um, that I just had to really just put my pride away, let it go and just enjoy the fact that there's another option and another way to feed my baby. And now she's thri- thriving. So I thank God for formula now. Um, and I'm still getting used to like doing formula out in public, but I think I'm kind of like, it's okay. This is how people feed their babies and it's fine. And it's really good actually that I have to do it out in public because that's part of the whole just letting down that price. Yes. Um, so the next thing that happened was, um, during the lockdown, I started, this is going to sound so dumb to so many people, but this was a really big thing for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I started a running competition and you know it was like 60 months 60 k's in a month so but the thing is it got real competitive real fast and like like you made it real competitive real fast or other people did 
Oh, like I did and other people. <laughs> yeah, okay. But like it was like all guns blazing. Like you can't. Because I definitely was not part of that group because I am not. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like all of those who like were like super competitive just like were like. Gun home. I'm going to win this. And so I'm very competitive by nature and <laughs> I was like, I'm going to win this. And so, you know, my name was at the top. Um but then, <laughs> this is so dumb. I can't believe I, I still can't <laughs> believe I did this. So I went for a run. I went for two runs actually. Um, and I was, so this whole challenge was on the Nike app because you can do challenges with friends yep. on the Nike app. But I also wanted to check out Strata because Strata, you can, you know, track a lot of different exercises at the same time. So I decided to have Nike app open and Strava app open at the same time. And at, I did one 5K and then I did another 5K another day and then I realised looking at the data, I was like, oh, there's a little bit more um, like distance in the Strata app. So what I'll do is I'll just manually edit the Nike app, <laughs> not thinking and not reading the small print like because an alert came up both times and I just pressed OK. So what I did was basically, of course, you can't manually edit your run in a challenge because you would just be cheating. Like I would just put in, I ran 60Ks today, right? So when that little screens thing came up to warn me, I am so impatient. I didn't even read it and I just pressed okay. I literally did it for both runs straight away. So I deleted 10Ks off my run in a matter of like one second. And then I'm like, what did I just do? And I know that 10Ks is not significant, but in that challenge, like to catch up 10Ks, like like I'm talking like I was running 30K, like I was running 20K, 20, over 20Ks a week, like, and then it kind of even bumped up higher than that. And then I was like, now I've got to make up another 10K. So I'm going to be running, you know, like 30, 35Ks. Yep. Like, so I was just, and you know, I've gone from like not doing much to like running every single second of my life. <laughs> um, so... That was really funny, but also the feelings that that drove up in me was like, like this is what is going on. I'm really angry about this. Like, I really want to see my name it's at the top. It's funny now. It's funny now. It, and it was kind of funny then, but I was also like, ah, oh, this is like it was grating on me. Mm-hmm. I was like, come on, I really want to be at the top. Um. So I was pretty dirty and, but, you know, very aware of these extra feelings of pride yet again. Um, And so God just kind of revealing these bits of pride in my heart. And a few other things like this happened and it just kind of hit me that, you know, how people say they need to readjust their priorities once kids come along. Well, I think I finally realized that I actually need to do that. I am definitely the type of person who just does things all the time. I pride myself on having a big capacity. Keep on adding to your plate. I've got my foot in a lot of doors. Um, But what I've been realising is that every time you spend time thinking about or planning or doing something else, it does actually take away from your physical and particularly for me, like my mental capacity. Um, And I've ignored that fact for a very long time yeah um but I think that I've finally got to the point and again I think Bronte was the start of this process where I actually do have to actually stop and reassess what I'm giving to and one of the biggest fears as a mother 
and a pastor's wife is that one day my kids will look at us and say, why did you do everything for everyone else but you, you didn't do those things for yes. us? Yep. That's yep. probably my number one biggest fear um, being in full-time ministry. And so I have had some time away to really think about my priorities and my kids particularly and my life and my realistic capacity. And it, it may not be a great shock to you right now by this time, <laughs> um, but you guys are probably you have guessed it together. <laughs> um, you know, her theology is um, it's a it's a lot and it's a big responsibility. And I think I'm just really feeling the weight of that. And I feel like I never would want to do you guys a disservice out there. And I just feel like I just can't do this justice and my kids justice and all the other things justice. Yeah, because keeping in mind you're in ministry, you're going back to work next year. That's right. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot going on. And um, and in reality, I think my capacity is shrinking um, as I delve further into becoming a mum because my capacity for them, you know, has to grow. increasing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I have really enjoyed my time here at Her Theology and I've learnt so much um, and there's been a lot of laughs, but the season, my season has come to an end here at Her Theology. But as I do finish up, I would like to say four things, four things. Number one, Jesus' grace is enough for you and it's enough for others. Mm. So never tire of the gospel for yourself Amen. and never tire of the gospel for others. Number two, never stop the fight to read your Bible. Number three, never stop the fight to find time to pray. And number four, never stop the fight to be a committed serving woman at your church. Yeah. And I know that I haven't met pretty much hardly any of you in person, but I'm really looking forward to hanging out with you all in heaven. So make sure you are trusting in Jesus and yeah. you get there. And potentially at conferences between now and then. Oh, yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just painting the dire, you know, <laughs> eternal perspective. But, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And, look, it's been it's been a, a long decision-making process for you, mm. I know, and it's, mm. there's been so many things to consider. And, you know, we just love you, Kirst, and mm. I'm sure we'll get you back on for an episode. Yeah, I'll be around. I can entice you. Um, <laughs> but, you know... It's, it's not the end of her theology. I mm. prayed when Kirst told me this a few weeks ago. We both, well, I cried. <laughs> I was like, no. Don't um, leave me. Yeah, and I don't want to get emotional now. But I'm like, love you as a sister. Mm. And um, it's been really awesome time. And this has been such a, a blossoming ministry. And it's been really beautiful. Mm. And so many of you have reached out. It's been mm. a really incredible when, when Kirst said she was going to um, bow out gracefully I was like okay Lord what do we do like mm -hmm. what do I do do I continue doing this I don't feel like it's a no or I don't, I don't I don't know and so I just prayed a lot about it spoke to a few people um with a bit more life experience and wisdom behind mm -hmm. them than me mm -hmm. like what do I do uh and every time I prayed about it randomly I would we would get a message on her theology from one of you listeners, mm. and it happened four or five times, going, just listen to this episode. Thank you so much for the work you do. Please continue doing it. And I was just like, okay. Every time I mm. seriously considered, like, maybe I just shut this down. I don't know if I could do this on my own. That would happen. And so I really feel like, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a yes from God to continue pushing through. Mm. And since then, um, like, I've had interviews just line up constantly and uh, people have – 
um, asked to partner in different ways, which has just been mm. really incredible. Mm. So I can see God's hand over this, this over her theology. And mm. so we are going to, con- we, I've got to get used to not saying we, I will continue with her theology, um, but it's going to look a little bit different. Mm. It's going to look like interviews. So I'm not going to just record myself speaking and you just have to listen to me talking. That would be really you boring. You might do that sometimes. Yeah, look, I'm, I might do it for an episode here and there, um, b- but overall, like majority of the time, it would be um, interviewing people. And, and I want to cover a range of topics. Mm. So we've done a few interviews recently on miscarriage, stillbirth mm. and singleness. But, you know, I have a few more episodes coming up. So there's one coming out in January um, speaking to a woman from the UK who uh, is a is a Christian and um, struggles with same-sex attraction um, but has decided to stay uh, single because mm-hmm. she's counting the cost and following Christ. So that's going to be really interesting. That's a really lengthy conversation. Mm. Um, I'm chatting to Marsha Montenegro about mm-hmm. New Age. I'm going to be speaking with a Couch Divider, which is an American um, podcast on Christian psychology about fear and a few other topics. So there's a lot of really cool content mm. coming your way. Um, I want to speak to a few people about church history and we're going to delve into theological discussions, all sorts of things. Mm. So um, stay tuned. Um, if you have or know of someone that you think would be great for an interview, please reach out and tell us. We would love I, I. <laughs> That's going to be really hard because yeah. it feels really prideful as well. Yeah. <laughs> it feels nice saying we. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, love to chat to them. But anyway, so that's that's kind of the direction for her theology. Mm. Um, but uh, outside of that, not, nothing's changing. Mm. I mean, the heart is still the exact same. Mm. We want you as a listener to grow in a passion mm-hmm. for being in God's word and being in, in community and um, just maturing in your yeah. faith. And I'm not always going to get everything's right. I'm very aware of that. <clears throat> so um, getting like people in place that I can bounce things off for accountability and stuff as well, just so you guys know. But yeah, it's it's um, the heart is still the same. Mm. The mission's still the same. Yeah. So that's not going to change. But Kirst, you have been a joy to listen to. Thanks. You too. <laughs> and I'll keep listening. <laughs> you sure about that? No. <laughs> um, and I don't know how to wrap this up other than saying – do you want to say anything else? I don't know. Bye. It feels weird. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. It sucks. But yeah. love you and it's been awesome. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to where God takes this and also mm-hmm. where God takes you mm. because you have such an impact at church and within the ministry. So mm. I have no doubt this is going to free up the mental space. I hope <laughs> to so. Be able to I hope so. Impact hope your kids and everyone kids. else. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, 100%. I think mm. it's a great. It's a great thing. It's awesome how God refines us that way. Mm, Definitely. All right. Awesome. All right, ladies. Over and out. Thanks.